Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. So, if you had a guess on our podcast comparing us to the Showtime Lakers, who would be Magic, who would be Worthy, and who would be Kareem? Oh, who's the tallest? Because I want to get Kareem out right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so who's the tallest, who's most likely to contract HIV, and who has the best set shot? Um, I would say <laughs> What's that? I would say you'd be worthy. All right, perfect. I don't know Shot's got a pretty sick set shot. Yeah. But then again, I think you're taller than me, so that leaves me totally yeah. primed for HIV. Oh, AIDS jokes, great. I know, but I have the laugh. <laughs> That's a better laugh than Jared Leto has in Suicide Squad. Oh, man. Not good, not good. Uh, Jesus. So, on that note, <laughs> edition of The Corner 3, uh, check us out on the website, thecorner3.net. Tim Daniel back here as we get ready for another awesome show with our hoops hype man himself, Alex Derrickson. Hello, everybody. And our hoops historian, other than Sean Mackey. What's going on, guys? If you haven't been paying attention, you've been missing out. Sean and Alex have been hanging out and doing our shows of the Corner 3 Fast Break, and they've touched on a few. We have another coming up here in a couple days, and you guys have done an awesome job, so I went to start on saying bravo, guys. Thank you for that. It's been really cool to do a little bit of team previews. I know you've both been pretty excited to talk to Timberwolves and the Nuggets. Absolutely. Yeah. Not every day you get to do that, literally. Not every day. It's right. actually like none days. <laughs> awesome. So, guys, we'll go ahead and start with uh, the biggest news in the NBA, of course, happens a couple days after we go off the air. Um, the scheduling news comes out. Sean did a really cool story on the corner3.net breaking down the top ten games of the year. Um, I think the schedule's pretty interesting this year. Uh, we obviously knew about the big games coming in. I did not get any of my Christmas Day games I wanted, uh, as we mentioned last week. So it's cool. It's cool, NBA. We'll, was we'll there a lump it. of coal in your schedule? Apparently. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. And then we're going to have to see god-awful uniforms that day. Um, so it's interesting. Um, I think the Pacers have, like, the weirdest home schedule ever. They have so many, like, home away, home away, home away, home away. And it's like... Man, I guess I, I think they're trying to tire them out before. They're, well, they're they're so conveniently like located, kind of in the Midwest, that right. they can get anywhere really quick. You know, they can do a Bulls game, they could do a Pistons game, they can do a Grizzlies game, and come the back. Bucks. Bucks, exactly. I mean, they, there's a lot of teams right there. In the Midwest. I mean, they're kind of still technically like a stone's throw from Memphis too. So it's yeah, yeah. So that that was interesting there. Um, but you know, obviously the big primetime games, we know. When Derrick Rose comes back and Joe King Noah come back to the United Center, uh, we already knew when Dwayne Wade was going to Miami, which I don't know why that was worth a huge thing because we know it's going to be a standing there for him. We do know that when uh, the first matchup between OKC and Golden State will be in Golden State because the NBA had to be a little bit of a pussy when they put the schedule together that day. And um, it's going to be a little... It's going to be... <laughs> and, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> um, so... A really interesting stretch there. Um, like I said, check out Sean's uh, post on the website, corner3.net. He breaks down the top ten games of the year, including the finals rematch, including, you know, Rose, Rose and Noah going to the United Center. Um, you know, obviously KD's first game back in Golden State. I mean, uh, OKC. And, um, you know, the semifinals rematches between um, Toronto and Cleveland. So, yeah, yeah. and that one's, not, that one's not even on television. You gotta have, yeah, you got to have League Pass for that. You're going to fork out $150 for their tablets and Apple TVs. Well, is it on a Wednesday? Because it will always be the NBA TV fan game. It's true. It's true. Which will then just get blacked out from all of the League Pass subscribers. <laughs> well, yeah. we maybe we'll get it on FS Ohio since we're, we're where we are at. That's true. It's, we might, we might. I, yeah. sometime, sometime on a later pod, not this evening, but I'd like to talk about NBA League Pass. Uh which is yeah. which is a complete joke, but we'll hold that for the next one. Yeah, so. we need a Sean's rant segment. Yes, Ooh, I, I, I know, and I'll have a real nice one planned for that day. <laughs> so All right, maybe yeah, so. next week. Next week. Also, in the in the week after we start doing the quarter three, 
uh, news coming out. LeBron James signs his extension. He's finally the highest-paid player in the NBA. About uh, time. Yeah, God. Well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely. So LeBron will be making $33 million this year, where Mike Conley will be going, Psh, I'm making two less than LeBron. I can live with that. Um, don't need to make no all-star teams for this. <laughs> well, gotta, all I need to do is like... facilitate the Grizz. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, looking at that, um, Alex will bring you into the conversation here. Yeah. Uh, I think between the three of us, we can agree that this is a little overdue. Obviously, it makes sense because Kobe Bryant had that huge contract with the Lakers for years. Yeah. Uh, I think what I'm most shocked at is that the fact that LeBron signed a long-term deal. We know him to be this kind of like two-year, one-year, two-year, one-year guy. We finally did a three-year deal. Um, you know, it looks like Cleveland's going to get the best of him at the end of his career there as he's coming through his 32-year. Holy shit, he's only 32? Yep. And so um, obviously a big thing for Cleveland there to keep, uh, keep their star player here and, you know, not go back to Miami or anything. So first off, sure. get your thoughts here about him being the highest paid player. We've all kind of chimed in a little bit. Second, yeah. what does this mean for Cleveland? I mean, it makes the most sense. It's a deal where, I mean, he's won his title there. I think he can kind of like, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, I really think we're going to kind of see Cleveland and Golden State really take a more San Antonio approach, take the foot off the gas for the 82 games. I mean, he's going to get paid probably to, I mean, he's going to put the same workload in that we're going to expect of him, but he's finally getting paid I guess what he's worth. I mean, that's tricky when you're scaling contracts like that. Uh, he is the highest paid player in the league, which is well-deserved. I mean, great job for him, uh, finally, that it, that's happened. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. I think it makes the most sense for Cleveland. I think it's crazy that we're in an era of the NBA where uh, three-year deals are considered long-term. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, he's not going to go anywhere. That was pretty abundantly clear when he signed the last deal. Like, it's this this one you could file. I think if I had a file for duh, I would just file this under duh. Right. And this just yeah, I mean, it makes sense all the way around. He's got he's getting his money. Cleveland's got their guy. I don't think he's going to go anywhere, and I w- I would be shocked if he played really anywhere else for the rest of his career. Yeah, and I, I I'm with you on that. I don't think there's any chance there. So, Sean, the building of the, the body build of the Cavaliers now, um, LeBron's got his long-term deal. Tristan Thompson, who we all made fun of for getting a max deal, made us look stupid in the, in the playoffs this year, specifically in the finals. Kyrie's got to be there for a little while. Um, you have to think until someone goes and gets Russell Westbrook from OKC, because I still think he doesn't last three years there, that they've got to be the front runner for the time to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh... There is there is no one knocking on their door right now at all. <laughs> not in the East, at least. No. I mean, not in the East at all. Uh, I mean, Toronto. I've said this before, and is is impressive as they ended up being in the playoffs. Um, they even stole two games from Cleveland, and at one point, I was kind of convinced they might win that series. Um, I was hoping anyway, and uh, but they lose they they lose Biombo. Uh, they get uh, Sullinger, which I, I like him a lot. I He can score, and uh, he's going to rebound the ball and stuff. So, I mean, they're in good shape, but uh, I, I guess they're the number two, or maybe maybe the Celtics, of course. Um, you know, they got Al Horford, but I, I've said this also. I, I don't know if he really... I mean, he, they, they got they got their guy. They finally signed somebody, which is great, but I don't know if um, if he's going to really bring them much further than they, they did last year. So we'll see, though. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, I, I mean, if you ask me right now, and I'm probably the minority because of what happened with Golden State this offseason, I still think if I had put my money on a team right now, I'd take Cleveland to win it, only because as great as it is for, like we said in our, in our first episode, one through four for Golden State, you're not going to be better than. I'm still worried about five through twelve for them. Um, as much as you know, I like Anthony Petrulia to kind of play the Andrew Bogut role. He doesn't. He's not really going to protect the rim. LeBron's going to drive on them. He's going to dunk on them because we know we all feel in our heart. OKC. I mean, uh, wow. How many times have I done this already today? <laughs> <laughs> Golden State and Cleveland, probably for the third time this year is what we expect, uh, barring any huge surprise there. Um, but I still think Cleveland as a team, um, you know. 
JR is going to be back there. He hasn't signed yet, but we know he's going to. Oh, yeah. There's, there's no other other place for him to go. No, where, where would he go? <laughs> right. um, I think Kyrie Irving is only going to get better this year, which is kind of scary to say when you watch game five, six, and seven of the finals. Um, I think Kyrie could potentially push for an, an MVP season uh, as, a, as a possibility there this year for them, even with LeBron as a teammate. And I think that, you know, Kevin Love's going to be, you know, he's going to have another year in that system, so that's going to be better for him. But their bench is good, man. Richard Jefferson's going to be back, who's a huge role player for them. Yeah. Maybe Mo Williams might play more than seven minutes a game this year. I don't know, because they're going to need someone to back up Kyrie. I was, uh, I was disappointed with the minutes given to him, because, like, just the year before, he had, like, a 50-point game. Yeah. I mean, and he was still really good, and he just got buried last year. And I, I don't know if it was a style of play or just him coming back to... Cleveland or what, but I mean, he was he was very unimpressive. Welcome back, I mean, I, Black. You got Kyrie in front of you. Sorry. That's right. That's right. I think the the only thing for the next three four years Cleveland has to worry about is just staying healthy. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's the biggest question mark, and that's like a question mark in, like, six-point font. Like, it's not even that big. It's yeah. just, especially, like I said, if, if they follow through with taking, as I keep going with the Spurs route, I think they can keep everybody healthy. They don't need to win, you know, they don't even need to win 60 games to win the East, I don't think. No. I think you could you could pull 56 and probably be pretty okay and just make one through three seem a little tight. But it's, yeah, their, their biggest thing is just going to be keeping everybody healthy. Well, that's what's so interesting, man, is um, you talk about, like, that win total in the East compared to the West, obviously. Cleveland had 57 last year and won the East, and Toronto had 56. So Toronto was not far behind them at all, obviously. But when you watch that series minus games three and four, it looked like Cleveland was the Monstars. Like, yeah. it just, you know, it looked like two completely different talented teams where it really felt like t- Toronto needed Lowry and DeRozan to score 50 each to beat them. Yeah, it's it. They're a very, very, and they are a huge matchup issue. I think top to bottom for almost everyone in the East and most teams out in the West. Like, there's very few, very little competition. I think for the next few years for for them. It'll be it'll be interesting because uh, you know we talked about injuries and uh, the, last year was the one year where they were all healthy at the same time, and that's why it worked out. You know. Yeah. And I, I just I feel like if I was if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would say one of the, Love or Irving's going to go down again before the playoffs. That's my that's my prediction for them. One of them will go down again because I just I don't think they're durable. They're they're far more dur- well I wouldn't say far more durable than Derrick Rose, but they're they're. <laughs> They're <laughs> they're they're all they're all on a slightly higher tier than than him in in terms of that and I mean, there's been so many injuries to Kyrie and you know Love missed so many games with the Wolves and then Kelly Olynyk pulled his arm out of sockets like some Wookie you know and I, I just LeBron uh, had back yeah. problems for a little while well you know I think. Like that one, that one. I don't know if it was last year. I think it was the year before where he took off that weird like two week stint where they said that you know he had back problems. I he just needed a break, you yeah. know. I mean, and he's been more durable than anybody in the NBA, and he's he's 32. So I mean, he's. I, I'm not saying he's going to break down. He keeps himself in phenomenal shape every year, and um, but uh, it's going to be interesting uh, because. Uh, you know they lost Mozgov and they lost um, Deladova this year as well, and Mozgov didn't really have a great season at all. Yeah. Um, Deladova he he did help them, you know yeah. he was he was a you know a contributor to that team. So uh, them leaving, I don't and I don't really know who else did they sign anybody else this year? Did they sign anybody um, else? They got Dunleavy. They got Dunleavy. That's correct. I totally forgot that yeah. he's there now. Yeah, and he's another one uh, who's always hurt. So, right. As we know, uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, they're looking good, man. They're gonna be they're gonna be great this year um, again. Like I said, like like Alex said, the only thing that's gonna be stopping them is injuries. And if they get hurt, if they lose one piece, um, 
one of their one of their bigger pieces. I I think Golden State will will roll over them, and they're gonna have something to prove this year too. So they're gonna be hungry. Well, those who don't know Sean, like Alex and I do, Sean is not a Cavalier guy about any such matter. So to get him to say nice things like this, I think <laughs> with this show, he's probably gonna go back and watch Jordan shot over Elo at least fifteen times. That's right. On the system, I have to I have to cleanse myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just say ten hail Phil Jacksons and uh, you'll be good. <laughs> okay, great. so speaking of injuries, I kind of had this talk with a buddy the other day. Kobe doesn't tear his Achilles. Does he have two more years in him? No. No. I not not with that roster. No. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I think he is far too competitive. I, I I think that retirement was probably more out of choice than it was out of health, in a way. Just, he has had to shoulder how many eras of Lakers, and True. he's had help for three years with Shaq, a couple years with Gasol, you know, and I, I think at that point, I, he's getting, he's up there in age, he doesn't need to be doing that anymore. I, I loved the era where, you know, post the post-Jack era where he was just carrying the team and he was so bitter and he, dem- oh, yeah. he demanded the trade to Chicago and, you know, he told, you know, when someone asked him about Andrew Bynum, he goes, ship his ass out, you know, or ship his ass out or whatever he said about it. But, I mean, like, he was so bitter, but he was so good in that series against Phoenix that year where he just, like, was like, okay, just get out of the way. Yeah, the way yeah asshole Kobe was the best. He, he was. was. He was. He was. Yeah, so good. I loved that Kobe. Um, let me ask you guys this too. While we're before we go and move to the next topic, Kobe and Duncan retired this year, obviously. So it feels like our childhood is over. We got Garnett left right now, basically for his yeah. seventh game. Um, which retirement are you guys more on the side of? Do you want nostalgic? I'm leaving. This would be my last year, like Kobe Bryant, where you go and see him one last time. You get the standing ovation. Or were you guys more of like digging Duncan, where it was like, I'm done. Peace, guys. Thanks for everything. I, I've always loved Duncan's kind of quiet, reserved manner. I mean, you don't get through life getting called the big fundamental and then make a big show when you retire. Yeah, it, that's right. It's, he was always... I mean, he's... From you know, his, from draft day to his last day, it he's been the same guy. Like he's never been overly vocal. They've done really well at keeping the franchise successful and afloat around him. I mean, he is exactly who you would want on your team at any time. And so for him just to kind of go quietly into the night, I think was so fitting. I mean, you don't. I, I for us, I think it was a lot of like the writing was on the wall in a way. Like yeah, Duncan's probably got maybe. One to two at best, three seasons left in him. But I mean, I remember reading a quote from Popovich, and I love this quote so much that he said he wouldn't be surprised if, uh, in the middle of shooting two free throws, just he shoots one in the game and then just gets handed the ball, and he goes, "I don't want to shoot the second one." Drops the ball and walks off the court. He like that was Popovich being like, "I wouldn't be surprised if he retired that way." He goes, "I'd probably walk out behind him," but <laughs> yeah, it's. I yeah, it, and that's just the kind of player that he was. Like, for the first photo of him post-retirement to surface, be him in line at an Old Navy. Like, it's just <laughs> everything about Tim Duncan is just, like, is playing, like, the most greatest game of bingo where just everybody wins. And you're just like, all right, like, yep, that's correct. Like, we all have bingo. Tim Duncan, great. It's... Yeah, I, I I've always loved that about him, and that's the, I I will sorely miss seeing Tim Duncan play basketball. Me too. John, you want to chime yep. in on that? Oh. oh yeah, I mean I I, I agree with Alex. I think uh, I think I, I think Duncan Duncan's exit was very Duncan esque, <laughs> you know. Uh, Kobe's was very LA. So yeah. and uh, I mean both. Both are their all-time greats. Uh, Kobe, second greatest shooting guard of all time. Tim Duncan, greatest power forward of all time. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna probably miss them as much as you, Tim, because this like this era really wasn't my childhood. This was kind of like after. It was like the era immediately after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jordan retiring the first time was kind of the end of that for me, really. So um, I'm sorry, the the '98 retirement. That was uh, that was kind of the end of my favorite era, but because um, I mean, 
99 and two, the, the lockout happened in 99, uh, 2000, you know, a lot of those guys yeah. started. Yeah, and, you know, we had the Scottie Pippen and Charles Barkley era in Houston, and that was weird. And, you know, I, I mean, just everything kind of went haywire after those few years. <laughs> and then you got you got Patrick Ewing out in Seattle, and Hakeem shipped off to Toronto, and just Crazy everything. Phoenix. It was bad. So I don't I don't choose to remember, but but uh, you know I, I will miss I'm, I'll miss both of them. They they were both yeah. great and uh, Kobe Bryant Once especially. Our yes yes uh, and and Kobe especially just because um, I I've never seen he's he's like the last of uh, of kind of the kind of the rough guys who just kind of you know he he was tough. You know, he ended up, he, he tore his Achilles and went out and shot free throws afterwards, you know. And, I mean, there's going to be no one that's going to do that anymore. And he just, he didn't gripe. They, there was one game where they, his, he, he broke his finger or whatever, and then they ended up, they took it off to the side, popped it back in, he goes right back into play. Players just don't do that anymore. And, um, I mean, they, I, I was watching a game earlier. Um, it was the Celtics and the Bulls from 86 when in the playoffs where Jordan scored 63 points on him. And the fouls that those guys were giving each other, I mean, they were just mugging each other. And, like, Kobe Bryant was kind of the last of any of that era at all of the whole, like, you know, just playing tough and playing through stuff. And and I just, I loved that. And I think the the guys that are coming in now are just, they're not uh, they're not that way. It's yeah. that it's that post Malice in the Palace era, you know. Yes, yes. I mean, that was a tough ass era, and uh, you know, the two thousands were just they were like it was kind of a dirty time in hoops. But I mean, hoops were crazy in the two thousands yeah. <laughs> when you think about it. I mean, it's 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 a weird era, just from two thousand to two thousand ten. But um, well, yeah. the basketball culture was so different too. I oh, mean, that yeah. was when the NBA started rolling out the dress codes, and they yeah. wanted to kind of like tighten up their image and everything too, which long term very beneficial, but at the same time, to lose that physicality of the game and the physicality of playoff basketball, which I miss so fucking yes, much. That's that's you you took the words out of my mouth. That was great. So, <laughs> um, you guys touched on this in the first of the fast break when you talked to Eric Goldman about the Timberwolves and Kevin Garnett. Sean, you asked if you think KG comes back this year. And selfishly, as a huge fan of Kevin Garnett, I kind of want him to retire. Do I understand if he stays and gets $8 million and Gina wants to be there to see the Timberwolves make the playoffs? Totally. Who's going to walk away from that? But, like, selfishly for me, I can't watch Kevin Garnett not be the big ticket. Like, I can't go out there and watch him not be, like, anything is possible, Kevin Garnett. Um, I it's really hard for me to see that, so I don't know how I feel about watching the big uh, watch Kevin Garnett and another NFT watch again next year. It, it's definitely if he comes back. I mean, it'll it'll truly bridge together those eras. Yeah, you know, and and I, I even if he only I, I I'd kind of like him to come back just for one more year, and I, I think he's probably a hell of a mentor for um, you know Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Gorgie Jang. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see him come back at least. And I would just love for them to get, like, at least the eighth seed in the playoffs. I think that would just be a wonderful way for him to go out. And, um, I mean, he doesn't have to prove anything to me. No. He's, he's, he's an all-time great. He's, he's one of the best players of the 2000s. and uh, one, one of the, the most best, intense people on the court. One of the most intense. I, 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 I'm going to go back and – because me and you, Alex, we uh, there were there were a few years back then when we we really didn't like him at all. Oh, he's very easy to hate. He was he was very easy to hate, and he's one of those guys who would pick a fight and then kind of walk away from it. Yeah, which always kind of bothered me about him. He never like you know he never actually he was always just like I'm crazy. Look at my eyes, you know. Man, you see how crazy I am? Don't mess with me. And then he goes and messes with somebody else, and then they try to like confront him, and then he just like. Well, I'm too crazy to fight you. You know, it was like one of those kind of things. So, you know, I, I, he's the guy that blocks the shot after the whistle when the shot doesn't even <laughs> yes, matter. Like exactly, he's he's that guy, and he's so easy to hate. I mean, it's the same thing. I, I think you know, pre like his whole body exploding, where like if Joe Kim Noah wasn't on your team, people hated him. Exactly. I mean, especially growing up in Kentucky and everything when he was in Florida. Like, you just look at the guy and you're like, I hate that guy. And Garnett just has that real hateable face. And 
he's really hateable on the court, and I think he plays into that. But yeah, then you actually read interviews with him, and like you remember, oh, he's a human, yeah, and like he's just playing this up, like this is just who he is for forty eight minutes at a night. And you learn to kind of respect that. And yeah, like, oh, God, that era, though. Man, I hated Kevin Garnett on the Celtics. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> hated him. We, and, and, the, and the thing that bothered me the most is is our prediction that that team wouldn't come together at all. You know, we're like, this isn't going to work. This yeah. isn't going to work. And it yeah. worked so well. Doc, Doc Rivers is a wizard, man. He was that one Like the Warlocks since. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they, like, elevated Rondo so much with that team. Like, he was, like, this, like, oh, he's a pretty good, he's a starting point guard. And they're like, shit, this guy could be an all-star. Uh, here, yeah. Eddie House was a name people said. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of do feel like, you know, I think we can all agree that uh, Garnett's could be a Hall of Famer, obviously. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I almost feel like he goes into the Celtic just because of that era. No. But I, either way. He's gonna go in as a Timberwolf. He's uh, he's he's Minis- he is Minnesota basketball, post George Mikan. <laughs> so like, besides that, he he is. I mean, he should have a statue out in front of the Target Center because I mean, it's he's the guy. Yeah. I mean, I still think Boston will buy his number though. But... Yep. On that note. Maybe he'll get like a, you know. But um, so kind of moving forward here before we move into our next topic. Want to let everyone know uh, this is the Corner 3 podcast brought to you by thecorner3.net. You can check us out all over the world now, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, on our and everything, all the links are on our website. We're also now on Stitcher. So for you Stitcher users in the world, you can check us out on there. And if you listen to us, they're going to recommend some other shows for you. So it's a really cool network. Be sure to get on there. Sean was able to confirm we are finally on Google Play, as uh, Alex and Sean have both mentioned this week on the Fast Break. So you can catch us on there as well. And obviously iTunes, where we are each and every week. So you are all over the place. We are doing big things. Be sure to check out the website here because we have a lot of really, really great material on there. I'm um, talking about my next point here where I wrote a huge article on how to make TUSA great again because I had to steal a horrible Donald Trump pun because Ryan... I, I, um, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And everything I said on that, they didn't do, and they won. <laughs> they well, they had those tricky games, man. Like Australia was scary, and we went on the air right after Australia, and we were like, okay, they're fine. That was their test. That's what they needed. They turn around, and they play Serbia, and we're sitting there thinking, like, they'll beat Serbia. They'll be okay. Ter- Serbia takes them to the wire, and then we're texting each other, and we're going, what the hell? Well, they're like, well, France is coming up, and. Alex, I can I can go quote for quote says France is too old. They're gonna run through them, and I totally agreed with you. Yes, that's exactly what I said. (laughs) And they didn't do that, and you know, they they went by three against France. Tony Parker doesn't even play, and they win by three against France. So then we get to where we're at now, and they go against Argentina, and I think we can finally say after '04 that it's all come full circle, that we can. (laughs) Get, they can finally get over that because I think they still took 2004 out on them. It was a great statement win. 54 bench points. DeMar DeRozan doing another ridiculous dunk at the end of the game. Kevin Durant on fire. It was the win that, they needed. And there that was the team we've been looking for. Right. I was scared we weren't going to see that team for a bit there. Right. I, I, I literally thought we might see 04, Argent, uh, 04 against Argentina. Not necessarily today. I knew they'd beat Argentina. But they're probably going to play Australia again. Like, I think that looks like the case. I mean, obviously... I, I, I'll th- I think USA-Australia will be the gold medal game. I do too. Yeah. And I'm really excited for that. That will be good. I'm excited for that as well. Yeah, and then it's just it was such a, such a crazy game today because I'm watching it at work, and I see Argentina go up big to start the game, and I'm going, here we go again. You know, I'm sure everyone watching that was going, oh, God, here we go again. And... Kevin Durant goes on fire. I think he led the team in points and assists today. Um, Carmelo struggled. Clay Thompson decided to disappear again for a little bit. DeMarcus Cousins starts off. He's making baskets. Gets in foul trouble. Stop me if you've heard that before. Um, but this was a huge win for this team still. Um, they took it to, They took in the business. Everyone got to play. Butler really didn't have to do a whole lot on the offensive side this time around. Um, you know, 
I think Cousins was able to show he's the best offensive center in the NBA still. You know, what did you guys think from today's game? What you saw? What you liked? What still is there anything that still worries you about this team moving forward these last two games? Potentially two games, I should say. No, I mean nothing. Nothing too crazy stood out. I mean, aside from the fact that it was just a complete massacre. Uh, <laughs> it's that that it's what we expected. It's what we've been looking for. Uh, it's now a matter of maintaining. So it's hoping that they can ride this out for the rest of the week and into the gold medal game and, you know, come home with the gold and everything. But, no, I mean, there wasn't too much to make of note. The bench points were the bench production was where it should have been this whole time because uh, that's been a huge ailment for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they keep playing like this, they, they are back to being, you know, the Team USA of what everyone has expected. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I uh I didn't watch the game. <laughs> what? I didn't. I didn't watch it today. I I had the utmost faith that they would win, and they did. So and I, I refreshed I, the box score and played Uno. Yeah, yeah. About the game here that you didn't watch. I'm more worried you didn't watch Andres Nocioni play basketball again. I I know. I, I I miss Andres a lot. He's he's one of my favorite players of all time, literally. But um, you know, I. It would just be sad. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things, man. He's just, uh, he's been he's been gone from the NBA for like four, five years maybe. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, he's got to be getting up there, man. 38, Remember 39. Remember Del Negro had Nocioni uh, play post-up defense against Yao? That didn't work at all. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's my last Nocioni memory. <laughs> Remember when Vinny Del Negro? <laughs> yeah, just that. Just that sentence. <laughs> the time Remember he, uh, when Vinny Del Negro. Remember when he yelled at the player to try to get him to, when he he was on the sidelines actually yelling, Miss it! Miss it! That was their defense one game. It's up there with the old uh, Jason Kidd uh, throwing the bumping into the water guy. Oh God! You know, I mean, it was just it was it was they were they're both cheap coaches. They're both so cheap. Do you think like someone like before the game they're like, hey, Vinny, like you we we're on a pretty we're on a pretty bad losing streak. You know, like what's what's the plan going into this game? He's like, don't worry, I got a few maneuvers. <laughs> And then he just like looks over at the bench. He looks at Aaron Gray, and he's just like, hey, "Aaron, Aaron, watch, watch this. <laughs> Miss it. <laughs> See it? He missed." <laughs> and Aaron Gray's like, "Vinny, it was a half court shot. Of course he missed." <laughs> Man. Oh God. Oh. So we got we got we, we got to talk about the the big news for the day. The the big Lakers free agent that signed. Yes. Alex, see, Sean, I was waiting because I wanted you to talk about this because I know I am. I am so excited about this. About Yi, the the former draft prospect of what year was it, Alex? Oh God, oh six. I think uh, 07? no. It was oh seven because that was oh six yeah. was Tyrus Thomas. Oh seven was right. was Joaquin Noah. Noah. Thank so you, yeah, New York it was Knicks. that. Thank you, New York Knicks. Uh, thanks, Isaiah. <laughs> um, 2007, the international man of mystery who had, uh, you know, they had copies of him. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were <clears throat> some sort of uh, weird VHS copies of him shooting against chairs. Uh, when they when they showed, you know, they tried to pump him up. He showed up. We, we talked about this on one of our previous podcasts, how he... You know, he ended up, uh, he was appearing at these strange, like, children's movie premieres and uh, really trying to, like, make a name for himself out in L.A., and then he gets drafted to the Bucks. He has absolutely no interest in going there, which I totally understand at the time because they were a mess. Um, but uh, he plays a few years there. Uh, I guess he stopped playing in the NBA in 2012. I mean, he wasn't a terrible NBA player by any means. He was almost an all-star, guys. So uh, we another thing we touched on, but um, he's coming back to the NBA one year, eight million dollars, just because of you know him being seen again in international play. They're like, remember that guy? Let's bring him back. Let's get him. 
Let's get him. This will be great. He's and, and they not only do they want to bring him back, but he's going to be the backup center for that team behind Timothy Moskov. I God, and considering <laughs> the fact that the Lakers upgraded from the 30th worst starting center to the 29th worst starting center, <laughs> and they starting center. What's that? It wasn't even a starting center. Right, they're just like, well, we've got, like, we can't get any worse, so let's get the 29th best. Yes. And then back him up with a guy who's not even in the league. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny because, like, he's not even really a center. He's more of a, like, he's a stretch four. And that's that's apparently, that's what I've been reading, that they want to play him as a backup center. And, uh, I mean, I mean, obviously they want, they want Randall to, continue to start and, you know, to build up his game, which I think is a great idea because I, I like Julius Randle. Um, but uh, I, I I just, I couldn't believe they threw $8 million at him. I mean, that just seems like a lot for someone who, who's been out of the league for a while. I mean, it was just, I, I think they're just, I think they're just mesmerized by international play right now. And I, I also don't think well, they know what they're doing at all. So <laughs> they still his, have... His numbers in China yeah, well, I mean, come on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yao Ming's not there anymore, so who else is gonna put up those numbers? Zikwa, the guy they lost this year. Zikwa, yeah, that guy. They're just like, let's get Ha Sung Jim, Sun Ming Ming, like I, I, you mentioning that the Lakers basically just signed him because they remembered him. It'd be like if I threw eight million dollars at Best Buy because I saw a Blu-ray copy of Flash Gordon. I was like, holy shit, I liked that movie once. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. like I, I have no idea. And uh, I next week we're gonna be next week we're gonna have uh, Harrison Fagan from uh, Silver Screen and Roll on our podcast, and uh, I, I'm. We're sure to ask him some questions about how he feels about that because I, I can't wait to hear what he says. Yeah, Harrison, I know you expect us to talk about Kobe. We want to talk about Yi. Yi, that's it. We're uh, gonna talk about Chinese Kobe. Chinese Kobe. <laughs> so I just love because like we had a talk earlier in the week between the three of us about like there's been the rumors of Paul Millsap going to the Lakers, and we're like, well, we know the Lakers need veterans, but I wouldn't make this deal. But Yi. But ye, but ye, and and like I said, they still have Swaggy P, and they're trying to like get rid of him or trying to find a way to get him out of there because he's obviously a problem child, and you know he doesn't pass the ball at all. You know he's a he's a nice scorer, I guess, but they have so much young talent on LA right now, and I, I'm I'm a big D'Angelo Russell fan. I think I think he's going to be great if he can just get it together. And I like Jordan Clarkson a lot too. I think he's I think he's decent. And you add Brandon Ingram to the whole thing. I, I they're building a very nice core, and um, I, I I think one of them is going to get traded in the next two years. One of those four guys will be gone. I don't know which one it's going to be, but um, they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to bring in some sort of veteran presence that's not Timothy Moskov. <laughs> um, and uh, but you know I I. I I have faith Luke Walton's going to try to turn it around a little bit this year. So I, I genuinely hope when we sit down with Owen from uh, the Suns here uh, later this week on the Corner3.net, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, uh, I, I really hope he also mentions Paul Millsap, just so we go four for four this week on people mentioning Paul Millsap. <laughs> you know who would make our team a little bit better? <sighs> Jesus. I know, like, I mean, he was he was Carlos Boozer's replacement. Like, I didn't ever think he was going to carve an identity down in Atlanta. Paul Millsap, if you're listening, we would love for you to sponsor our show. We are, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're name-dropping you for free right now, but if uh, you want to sponsor podcast. this, <laughs> we will mention you every podcast. Our two shows on this one network. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that being said, too, as Alice gives us plugs, let you know what is coming up so far as we're getting moved forward with the corner three and the fast break. So, yes, we are going to be talking some sun soon uh, this week also. As uh, Sean mentioned, we're going to be talking some Lakers there with a couple guys. Um, I'm pulling a random here on one of the interviews. I've got Brian Mazik from Forbes.com. He is His job is only to talk sports video games. That is, uh, that is what he does. So we're going to... Preview NBA 2K17 because, and we're really looking forward to that. And then um, 
Let's go ahead here. We've got a few minutes left before we wrap out here. Uh, get this to we got a, we're gonna the first corner three debate about uh, something here with the show, and uh, we've kind of had this talk here, and there's been a little bit of a discussion over the past few weeks, where Carmelo Anthony and DeAndre Jordan have both gone as far to say that they feel having a gold medal is more valuable to their legacy than having an NBA championship. Um, we've seen, and I can't believe I'm going to do this as an example, even A. Smith, as far as rip Carmelo Anthony for these comments, we've seen DeAndre Jordan flood admit, I'm probably going to be ripped for this, and going, and, uh, but I, this is how I feel. I get it. And, I mean, I think between the three of us, we can probably agree I might be the biggest Team USA fan on the show. Um, you sure yeah, um, but <laughs> but I don't see it, and it's not that I don't think that a gold medal is great for your legacy. It's not that I don't think it's a wonderful thing because it's it's great. You know, you honor your country, you do big things, and you play with the most talent in the world. For it's, it's huge. Yes, completely. Um, but at that same point, like we don't remember Michael Jordan as much for the Dream Team as we do his three to six championships. Um, when we look back at Bill Russell's career, he has a gold medal. We don't remember that, you know, like, uh, and Alex, I think, you know, is on the other side of me here where he does agree with what Melo and Jordan are saying, and I, I, I see what they're saying. I don't think it's wrong. I, when I remember Charles Barkley, I'm never going to remember the fact that he has a gold medal. I'm going to remember how close he got to winning a championship. Sure. Uh, the, the the first, I, I, I'd be remiss to not preface this whole thing with the fact that I, I kind of think the Olympics are just fucking stupid in the first place. Uh, I know that's a kind of an unpopular opinion, but it's kind of like having an every four-year sports war. Yeah. Uh, where it's, it's, it's like the World Cup of all sports, where everyone just cares about soccer for a very large brick of time, and then they stop caring about soccer for four years, because I... Granted, this is a guy who eats a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and washes it down with bourbon and has to sleep with wrist braces because he has tendonitis from playing video games. Like it's, I, I am not an athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but bear with me on this because it's going to be a bit of a walk. So, so pack a lunch, whatever you got to do here. Uh, Are you cutting a wrestling film out? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you would think, but I have had a lot of time to think about this when you brought it up. Uh, I, I think in the scope of things, sure, we measure NBA success by the, the championships, by the individual awards, the accolades, the scoring titles, the, the stat slashes and everything like that. But I, I think when you break it down to what's most important to a player and to their legacy, when you look at the NBA, the, the best way I could reference it is there is the Muppets 3D show at Disney World where Sam the Eagle has a has a has a performance that he puts on that he calls a salute to all nations, but mostly America. That's kind of what the NBA is. And... Every time I see that. <laughs> it's so it's much heavier now than I did when I was a kid when I went to see that. It's hilarious, and and that that to me is what the NBA is. Is you've got you know thirty teams. It's a global game, which we've touched on you know since Yao coming over, since Argentina really getting the gold in '04. The the game has changed, and it is a bit more of a global game. But when you look at it in, in the scope of everything, right? It's you're taking the NBA, which is thirty teams comprised of twelve to fifteen players from all over the world, but mostly from here. And when you do the Olympics, you're basically taking the foam off the beer. You're you're taking the head of the beer, which is a lot of people's you know favorite part, and saying, all right, we're taking this top one percent from every country. And with the NBA, you can get a title. Look at what look at what fucking Durant did. Look what LeBron did going to Miami. You can pick and choose how you get your titles. Look at Ray Allen going to Miami. Richard Jefferson staying in Cleveland. You know, when when especially as the players get older and they start really kind of cherry picking their their teams that they go to towards the end of the career, you don't get to do that with the Olympics. Like you are chosen by a committee of people that are saying, "Hey, you are some of the best. We're going to make a." the best fucking super team and even some of the best players in our country aren't going to play but we you, we still think you were the A plus the S tier like every NBA player is god tier at basketball but when you take the 1% of the god tier players and you extract them and you go now you're going against every country's god tier player yes would the olympic basketball be more fascinating if brazil or nigeria was putting up more of a fight probably but that's not their game that's you know that's not where 
they're going to have their most success, and that's where the Olympics, I think, is a lot of, is really popular for a lot of different people. Like, if I gave a fuck about parallel uneven bars, I would be super into what's going on right now, but I'm not, and neither is most of end-to-end, coast-to-coast of this country. But when you take... It's a chance to really kind of, like, create an Ocean's Eleven of basketball to go out and go against the other country's Ocean's Eleven, which are really weird and bizarre, and you get your teams. But, like, look at what fucking Australia is doing, right? Is yeah. how many NBA players are on that Australia roster? Four. So this is this is a podcast, Tim. You can't go throwing fingers oh, up. <laughs> this is an audio. This is an audio. <laughs> so you, you look at that, and you've got a whole mess of other players who aren't on the who who aren't in the NBA, who this is going to be their first real taste at glory, their first real chance at a championship. So this is an opportunity, I think, for a far more reaching, vast, expansive group to have a chance to create their own legacy and etch their own way into the annals of basketball history. This is also a really good opportunity for these players to get noticed and signed, a la Yi Yanlian. And, you know, look at how Nocioni got noticed. You look at what Luis Scola's done and, and the Ginobili's, the Parkers. Like, these are where these guys come from. And these are where they get found. And I feel like the Olympics are important for that regard. But I think for... Sean made a point earlier today that... The Olympics, the Olympic medal is more important if you don't play on Team USA. And in a way, I agree, but I also disagree because I think 10 years down the line, DeAndre Jordan's going to cherry pick where he wins his title. And I think having that gold medal is at least something really great to fall back on because that's saying you're the best in the world at this one specific thing that you do, but also you play with a lot of these guys. So you are the top of. Or like, like status symbol to kind of hold over an NBA title. Sorry, that got a little long-winded, but no, it's just. No. I mean, you gr- you bring up great points, and I, I don't think you're wrong at all. Like, I cherish. I mean, I cherish Olympic basketball. I love Olympic basketball. I love FIBA basketball. Sure. And like, I think I've said this whole fucking Olympics. How I just wish the NBA would adopt the FIBA pace of the game. Um. So yeah, I'm with you, yeah. man. Um. But like, and I I don't think you're wrong uh, by any stretch of the matter. I just, yeah. You know, and I hate to be like, I almost feel like um, that guy that's like, well, it's not the same as it used to be kind of guy. <laughs> you know, but like, I, I do or no appreciate, like, when we had the, you know, when they used to have the stupid Kobe-LeBron argument, LeBron fans like me would say gold medals, Kobe fans would say NBA championship. And it's sure. like this is that rotating circle of going over and over again. But, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to remember those guys, you know, that, you know, Made things happen in the NBA, won championships, won scoring titles and things there. Um, but I'm also going to appreciate the, the Olympics, but more as a side story than I am their NBA career in that circumstance. Sure. I, I think in in the NBA scope, sure, titles, absolutely, and individual accolades and things like that. But from a basketball scope, to be able to sit there and say, yeah, I was not only one of the best people in my country, but if your country wins, like, I am one of the best of the best of the, like, it just, it's such, like, a special tier, I think, of player, because how many, I mean, you look at how many players are in the NBA compared to how many players played on Team USA. True. Like, getting an opportunity to gold medal is, I think, a far, like, slimmer, finite chance than you have at an NBA title, especially, I think, for players, great players later in their career. Yeah. I agree with that completely. That's fair. Yeah, it is too, for sure. And, you know, there is definitely those guys that kind of ride the bench on both sides. Yeah. Barnes. <laughs> right. The what? Christian Leitners, the Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got that filler guy. Last thing before we get out of here, before we get out, go and do our other thing here. Um, LeBron says he's not retired from Team USA. Do you see any way, shape, and hell he plays in 2020? No, no. This, this is like him committing to the uh, slam dunk contest a few years ago. It's not going to happen. Yeah. He'll be 36. <laughs> right, like, it's... Yeah. If they did fucking basketball in the Winter Olympics, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I but I, I... It's an inside sport. It should be a winter sport. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, you know, but, there's, but there's no wheelless boards for them to go up sick iced half pipes. <laughs> But it's I maybe maybe the FIBA internationals, not the Olympics. I don't 
I don't see him coming back I, for that I, now. I don't see him coming back to any sort of international play anymore. I think I think he's done with that, and he doesn't need to prove himself anymore. He's got his medal. He's 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 a he's a top seven all time NBA player. <laughs> you had to get seven. really close and really deep and really quiet to admit that, as if like someone is going to hear you and just be like, "He did it. He said it." We got him. We've converted him. There's like a ticker tape going in the background. Um, top seven. Top seven. Top seven. Right, right now, I'm I'm high on him because he just came off a title. I'm probably not going to say that next I, I'm sorry. By saying top seven, you're basically saying LeBron is the seventh best NBA player of all time. Because <laughs> right? he's not eight through ten. He's not six. He's not five. <laughs> he's seven. Right now. After this year. But he could go back, you know. I, don't know. I might, I might, I might, I might start to remember Larry Bird being better. I don't know. Awesome, awesome. Jesus, that's the perfect way to end this week's episode of the Quarter Three Podcast. Brought to you by thequarterthree.net. Thank you all for tuning in with us each and every week. Be on the lookout because we have a couple fast breaks coming this week. I get to make my fast break debut this week, guys. I'm so excited. We're going to talk with Owen Sanborn, uh, previewing the Phoenix Suns, uh, a.k.a. the University of Kentucky Wildcats of the NBA. Um, yes. Guards. University of Kentucky Guards. That's it. <laughs> right. uh, so. And we're also going to be talking with Harrison Fagan, as uh, Sean mentioned, about the Lakers and getting ready for them as well. So be sure to keep checking us out on iTunes. On Stitcher, like us on Facebook, give us some reviews on these podcast cha- uh, channels, Google Play, etc. Just to get our, you know, because we really appreciate what we're doing. We like retweets. We love them. Lots of, lots of retweets and Instagram follows. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please be honest with the reviews. Like, subscribe, share this with your family. If you want to give us five stars, please do. The subscriptions, the five stars, the likes, that makes us easier to find. And if you want to help spread the word, that some of the best stuff you can do. We appreciate you telling people, liking our Facebook page, but making sure you subscribe, give us reviews, like us, and things like that. That's going to help us get further in the future. Absolutely. And thank you all again. Everyone enjoy your week and have it going out there. And be on the lookout for some fast breaks pretty soon. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.